message with you this morning. From Pastor Ron having a word this morning concerning the Lord restoring us to the prophetic words that are here, the Lord has led me to share a message with you on rejection. Every person in this room has been and will be rejected from somebody or something. How many of you know that? How many of you have ever experienced rejection? You can experience rejection from parents, from family, from friends, at school, Facebook, unfriended. You don't even know why. What did I do? But you feel the sting of rejection, don't you? Rejection is a horrible thing. And I find it fascinating, uh, as I did some reviews from the uh, psychology today, they said that concerning rejection, it in fact registers in your nervous system on the same brain waves as pain. And so your brain in many times can't distinguish the difference between physical pain and rejection pain. And if some of you have ever been rejected, you feel a physical pain. In fact, they've done tests where they found that Tylenol actually relieved the pain of rejection. I'm not recommending it, I'm just saying that's what Psychology Today had made reference to. It tells you how linked it is into our being and into our system that as your body feels physical pain, your soul can feel the same physical pain by being rejected. And that hurts. That's why we say we have a broken heart. We go on and it says, and you know this, that rejection can create anger. And aggression. Many times angry people got there because they have been rejected. And so they use anger many times as a shield so they don't get rejected again. I have found many times that most aggressive people and angry people, that's actually the armor they're wearing so they don't get hurt. And it keeps people at bay. It can create anger and aggression in families and children who have been rejected and in our own lives. Rejection also destroys self-esteem. Why do I say that? Because we begin to self-inflict. If you've been rejected, you begin to examine yourself and say, oh yeah, I'm such an idiot. Oh, how could I have said that? Well, of course they don't like me because I'm this and I'm that. And how many of you have ever been on the path of self-destruction because of rejection? It must be my fault. It must be because I've done something or I am a certain way. We usually don't have the mindset that I am so wonderful, they're really missing out on me. (laughs) We usually go the opposite way. Rejection is painful. We also see that Rejection actually temporarily lowers your IQ. Because when you've been rejected, you're not thinking right. And you're believing lies. And you're not at your best. You're not at your best reasoning. You're not at your best logic. You're wounded. And it can cripple your identity 
and it can cripple you emotionally. Rejection hurts. Rejection does not respond to reason many times. Many times the people that have rejected you or whatever the situation is, reason would prove you don't need them. It's interesting when they've done studies on abused children, children who have been rejected by a parent, a father, or a mother, they still hold a great love for their father because their father's their father. And I'd like to speak instead of that person. So... (laughs) So rejection can cause us to not reason properly. You're not rejected, brother. We love you. We love you. We love you. It's all right. It's happened to all of us. So that would be a prime example, wouldn't it, to feel like, oh, I can never step back in. I'm a self-desire. How could I have done this? Right? Perfect example. Thank you for that. But we, we lose our reasoning. Man, I go around this mountain all the time. You know, it's, it, I'll, I'll put it out there for you. Uh, You have relationships and references to people, uh, maybe five or ten. I've got 500. And I feel the rejection every Sunday and Wednesday. (laughs) I'm not looking for adulation, but it's just natural, you know, that someone says, well, I didn't like that, or it wasn't of this, or it wasn't that. And so you begin to feel like, well, I guess I should fix that. And what's wrong with me? I'm not a good leader, and I should do this. It's just typical. Don't don't boo-hoo for me. I'm just putting it out there. You go through the same things. We all do this in relationships. So rejection can cause us to not reason right, to lower our IQ and not think properly, to destroy our self-esteem and self attacking through anger and aggression and it hurts i think i've proven my point and i think you all know this some more symptoms of rejection feeling worthless rebellion why do people who've been rejected rebel they're hurting nobody cares about me anyways why should i do this and follow this rule right fake personalities anybody been here I find myself doing this. I'll be someone that they'll accept. You ever see someone do that? And you're, you're at a place where you really know them and you're going, why are they acting like that? That's not them. They're trying to be accepted because they've been rejected. They begin to reject others. You're going to reject me? Uh, I reject you. Feel better? Not at all. Insecure. You know, it's a tough place to be in a church. Come into a pew, sit next to someone you don't know. That's uncomfortable. Hi, how are you? They didn't answer me. I'm rejected again. They probably didn't hear you because you've been rejected before and you said it like this. Hi, how are you? So we quit. Paranoia. Everybody rejects me. (laughs) How many of you, when you walk into a room, you size up the room? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be rejected? First thing you look at is, am I dressed like they are? Will it be all right? Self-pity. That comes on us too. 
inability to be corrected, if you've been rejected, any helpful idea or helpful critique, positive critique, can feel like rejection. So I don't want your opinion. I don't need your opinion because it hurts, because I'm rejected. Starved for love, right? That's what rejection does. It cuts us off in relationships. We blame God. When we get in, have problems with people and we feel rejected from others, we so often blame God. Why are you letting this happen to me? Opinionated. Best way to come back with people feeling critical of you is be critical of them. Do you know anybody with a critical attitude? Envy, jealousy. So rejection creates the sense of the haves and the have-nots. Suicidal. How many of us have heard the stories of what these kids in junior high and high school go through when they get attacked and bullied through social media? Such rejection to a place where they're not feeling at that vulnerable age of junior high and high school, they're not feeling the love of mom and dad because mom and dad can't relate to their world. They feel rejected there. They feel rejected by siblings. And now all the friends and fa- uh, uh, at, uh, wor- at school have rejected them publicly as well. And many kids are ending their lives. Suicide is at a high rate because of rejection. Last of all, fear of confrontation. So we'll just stay in our room or just hide in a shell. So we feel rejected. Let me tell you, there is a remedy for rejection, and that is God. God is the, re- the remedy for all rejection because He rejects no one. There is no one that God will cast aside or turn away. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the God. There's no one here that earns the love of God. It's by His grace He loves us. He loves us. We sang that as we took offering. He loves us. That song of worship was written when a man lost his child and he began to just play his guitar and he began to weep. And in the midst of knowing he lost his baby, he still said He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Despite what happened to me, this love will never reject me he'll never leave me he'll never forsake me we must turn to the lord and the greatest trick of the enemy is to set us all up for rejection so that we project that rejection onto god feeling he's rejected us but he has not in fact rejection is an antichrist spirit For Christ said, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, come to me. All of you who are thirsty, come to me, come to me. So the idea that God is rejecting you because of sin is a religious and anti-Christ spirit. I don't care what you've done here. I don't care how you failed God. He will not reject you. He calls you unto Himself. And there is no one in this room better than another. So we cannot reject each other either. Amen. Rejection starves a person from love and acceptance. We were made to be loved by God. We hunger for it. So what's the problem? People are damaged. 
and we damage each other. It's a risk to come together. You, you people are brave. Gather together every Sunday without alcohol. That's brave. <laughs> the only other way people can gather together is you've got to have plenty of alcohol. Some kind of mind-numbing, medicating substance so that we all get along. <laughs> we don't need that spirit. We've got a different spirit. We've got the spirit of God. Amen? And as we come together, we continue to come together, and instead of rejecting, we receive and comfort and build up and edify through the Spirit of God. Now that's what I want. That's what I want. I can't wait to get here where someone's going to accept me the way I am. Someone's going to accept me, accept me in my failure. Someone will accept me in my best and at my worst. And that's the body of Christ. The solution is that God is the only one we can trust. And so what I want to do is drive this point home through a situation and a story in someone's life who felt rejected. And prove to you that God is there for us even in our rejection. You might know the story. It's the story of Rachel and Leah. These are the wives of Jacob. Now, unless you feel I'm making fun of someone, that's the same person. Okay? So I thought, how am I going to have a picture of Leah up there? Everybody's going to think I'm making fun of her. Because she was cross-eyed and uh, not that good to look at. But this is the same girl. So, they were sisters, Rachel and Leah. Uh, the unfortunate thing is... It's the <laughs> Leah was cross-eyed, and she, she wasn't that attractive, okay? And Jacob worked for Laban, their father, and he had eyes for guess who? Yeah. She was a hottie. So Jacob's going like, man, I'm going to work, and he said, you got to work for her. So he's working and working and working, and it comes, woo-hoo-hoo, seven years, he worked hard, he's going to get Rachel. On his wedding night, he thinks he's having vows, making vows with Rachel. That's his wife. He goes into his tent to uh, consummate this marriage, and he wakes up in the morning <laughs> to Leah. Surprise! <laughs> wow! He comes out of the tent a little perturbed, I would think. And he goes to Laban and said, What's the deal? And he said, If you want Rachel seven more years. But he gave, he said, Okay, I'll work for you seven more years. And he gave her him Rachel. But I want you to consider her. Turn to Genesis 29 as we consider these scriptures. Genesis 29, verse 30 through 35. It tells the story. Let me simply share the verse with you. Genesis 29, 30-35. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served Laban another seven years. He was pretty blatant about it. Leah understood this perfectly, that not only was she not liked, 
but she was in fact hated. Some of you may be in a marriage relationship. You know, we can poke fun and we can say how bad, but some of you have been enduring a marriage relationship where you feel rejected. That's pretty tough. You've all been in relationships maybe where you feel the sting of rejection. Many people have gone through divorces. And many times, people are able to get through a death more than they are a divorce. Because a death is not a rejection where a divorce is, isn't it? And so, this is painful. And so, let's understand something. I'm going to go through these Scriptures and I want you to see what happened to Leah. Neither of them could... Uh, conceive but it tells us in this story of Genesis that Leah prayed and it says this the Lord looked upon Leah's affliction and she became pregnant and it says this that because the Lord has looked upon my affliction for now my husband will love me it says that when the Lord saw Leah was hated He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son. She called his name Reuben. Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. What does that statement mean to you? What do you think she is saying in that statement? Now he's going to love me. That was her hope. What did she know before? He didn't. Scripture says she was hated. You see, not only is she feeling totally rejected because of her looks, but she was, by her father, tricked into marriage. What does that say about Leah? What does that say about her father's thinking about Leah? No one's going to marry her. i got to trick someone into marrying her. Hey, this is good for your self-esteem, wouldn't you say? Coming from your father rejection, coming from your husband hatred, and all she could offer is a baby. Maybe this will redeem me and my value. Rachel, my sister who gets everything, is beautiful. The supermodel. I get nothing. But maybe I could have a kid. And maybe through this kid, and how many do that through rejection, we begin to think maybe they'll like me now if I do this. Maybe if I become the clown and laugh and be amusing, they'll accept me with that. Maybe if not that, I'll be the tough guy and I'll provide the drugs and the booze. Maybe they'll accept me then. Maybe if they won't accept me for this, I could do that. Come on, we've all been in playing that game. Maybe if I have enough money, then people will like me. That's what the prodigal went through, right? Ran out of money. What happened? So he na- she names this child Reuben, which means behold a son. Behold a son. That's her salvation. That's her sense of love. And when I saw the meaning of this name, I immediately thought of Isaiah 9.6. Behold, a child I give unto you, a son I give. God gave us a son to the human race. 
When we thought we were rejected by God, God heard our cry and gave us a son who was going to restore the love between God and mankind, didn't he? God looked at Leah and knows her rejection. God looks at you and He knows the spirit of rejection that you've taken on. He understands your rejection and He sends the Son of Promise to restore love to you. Who told you you were naked, Adam and Eve? Who told you to hide? Did God reject Adam and Eve? He did not. And so even with the fall of mankind and even with the first sin where Adam and Eve rejected God's law and God's love for their own selfishness, God did not destroy them, God did not reject them, but in fact made them a covering and made restoration for them. God loves us. And He so loves us, He gave us the Son as a promise. To restore that spirit of rejection. Unto the woman, the seed of the woman shall destroy the serpent's head. Now, the story goes on and it says, She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, He has given me a son also. Now, the first one was, God sees that I'm hated. That was Reuben. God sees the situation and the dynamic you're in. But he goes beyond that. He gives her another son because God hears. What does he hear? The heart. He hears the broken heart. He sees the condition of the marriage. He sees the way it got put about and the cheating and the the foolishness. He sees that and gave her a son of promise. He sees the world's sin and gave the son. But for Leah, he now hears. And what does he hear in her heart? The Lord has heard that I am hated. Wow. Some of you have been rejected. Some of you were weeping and crying just last night. God heard you. I don't know how many times with uh, uh, Elkanah and Hannah where she's crying out, the mother of Samson, and she's weeping. Eli, the high priest, thought she was drunk. She was weeping so bitterly. And it says God heard her prayers. God hears you cry. And he heard Leah's heart saying, I'm hated. I have a son. Now Jacob loves the son. I have some value. But emotionally, he's rejected me and I'm still hated. He still loves Rachel. Wow, that's tough because Rachel's her sister. And so now she gives the name to this child. Simeon, as we say it, Shimeon is, Shimeon is Hebrew. And the root word of Shem, is Shema. How many of you know the Shema? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Shema. The word Shema in Hebrew is here. So Shimeon is Simon. Shimeon is to hear. And so the testimony of this child is, God hears me. God hears hears me God hears me 
the Son that was given to us to build the bridge back where we felt rejected by God was on that cross and cried out from that cross, My God! My God! Why have you... Yeah, what does forsake mean? Rejected me. Jesus, the Son who was given as a promise because we feel rejected of God, stood in our place, hanging on that cross, crying for you and I, why have you rejected me? And I don't know how many of you have said it, but I've said it. Why have you rejected my prayers? Why have you rejected what I want? Why have you rejected me? And in the minute that Jesus was crying out, mankind's heart, Father heard a long time ago, that's why He planned to send the Son. The Father, the the point of that cry is that the Father did hear it, and the Father did not reject us, but in fact sent the One who is making that cry. But He had to cry it to get every word and, and emotion out of His heart for us. What kind of mediator would not cry the ultimate cry that he's mediating? And I want to tell you what happened. He declared, it's finished. And into thy hands I commend my spirit because he knew he had fellowship with the Father. And the Father, as soon as he died, the Father said, ha, Yeah, there's no rejection here. And he ripped the veil in two and said, come, come, come on. Everybody come to my house. There is no rejection with God. I don't know what you've been rejected or who you've been rejected by, but God's never rejected you. And He hears your sorrow. Leah, wow, has another kid. Not Rachel. Leah has a third child. And again she conceived and bore a son. Now, you see, with her being fertile, now, if if I could be uh, pretty human here, pretty plain, with her being fertile and Rachel not, and in that society and in that day, the glory of a man was his children, guess who he kept visiting? Leah. Leah. And it gave value to her. And she had another child and said this, Now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. And I'll name him Levi, which means joined to. You see, what's still in Leah's heart for her husband Jacob, what does she want? Love. If I have my first baby, he'll love me. If I have my my next child, he'll he'll hear he'll hear me. He'll he'll no longer hate me. And if I have this third child, he'll be attached to me. He'll he'll join himself unto me. That's her heart. See, it still wasn't remedied for her. And she kept trying and kept trying. Some of you have been trying and trying to get acceptance from your parents. I've talked to people 70 and 80 years old who are still 
weeping over the rejection of their parents. It's something in us. Look at nothing magically happens because you age. We're so intelligent. You lose it all anyways. I mean, really, we are no different people. We look down on other people. They're too young. They're not smart enough. Nobody's smart in here. No, really, come on. Some of you know math equations better than others. Some of you know systems better than others. Some of you have more information more than others. But true wisdom comes from God. I've seen people all their lives struggle emotionally because of relationships, relationships. The one who wins souls is what? Wise. It's about relationships. It's about winning souls and friends. And so she said that Levi is the one who will bring attachment or join us. Do you think Jesus knew rejection? You see, we have a high priest who understands rejection. He cried it out for us. My God, my God, why have you rejected me? But also in John 1.11 it says, He came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. What's another word for that? Israel rejected Him. You don't think that hurt? Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. When I was a kid, there were certain kids we'd play hide and seek with. We'd tell them to go hide, and we'd leave. That's horrible! And we did it. To God who became flesh, we hid from Him. You see, we have one who has been rejected and despised. And He knows what you're going through. He sees it, He hears it, and now He joins you in it. Levi is the name of the priesthood that was to come. The mediators who would join man to God. And the ultimate mediator, the ultimate Levi, though he's not of the tribe of Levi, he's of the Melchizedek priesthood, an eternal priesthood, but still the name means join to. God loved us so much, He joined Himself to us. He joined to our sorrow. He joined us in our grief. He joined us in our rejection. He knows what it feels like. He understands what your heart feels. He sees the situation and He joins Himself unto you as Levi, baby Levi, was joined unto Leah. She kept trying to get the love of Jacob. Kept trying to have that love. Maybe He won't hate me. Maybe now He'll tolerate me. Obviously He did. She had two more kids. So He tolerated her. Maybe now... He'll, he'll be attached to me somehow. But something happened with the fourth child that changed everything. 
And she conceived again and bore a son. Here it is, the fourth kid. He kept coming back, obviously. She always wanted that love, wanted that love. And this time, she says, I will praise the Lord. What happened? Something happened. She no longer looked to the love of Jacob. She no longer tried to get the attachment. She no longer tried to capture his love. She said, I'm setting my gaze on a faithful God who is faithful to me. And I'm going to name this baby Judah because this baby is my praise to God. That is the power over rejection. That is the one true thing that will defeat a rejected, dejected spirit. When you look to the one who will never leave you and never forsake you, when you look to the one and begin to give praise and joy unto Him, He'll receive your love. He'll receive your heart. He'll receive your sorrow. Whatever you got, pour it out to Him. You're brokenhearted, tell Him about it. Look at the Psalms of David. David understood this because David was of the tribe of what? Judah, he understood praise. He understood love. There's no greater love than praising God. This is how you overcome rejection. This is how you overcome a broken heart. You begin to love. But I don't have anybody to love and nobody loves me. Ah, there is one who will always love you. Who will always accept you. And He is the one you must praise. When you wake up, you give Him Judah. When you walk in the day, you give Him praise. When you at every meal, you thank God. When you walk along the road, you thank God. Take, You know, I want you to do something for me. Uh, not for me, for you. I want you to do something for you. You know how many of uh, people used to smoke cigarettes? They used to... Oh, no, I'm not asking you who did, but God bless you. No, I'm saying... <laughs> People used to, right? Right? Some still do. And at work, how many of you remember used to take smoke breaks? Let's take a praise break. Right? People stop their work because they got to go, you know, feed an addiction. They got to go get a snack. They got to get a coffee break. Coffee, there's another one. How about you get a praise break? Why don't you take a praise break and say, I'm sorry, I need to take a break. Oh, you going to smoke? No. You going to drink? No. Getting a candy? No. Where are you going? To praise my God. I can't take it anymore. I got to praise my God. I need to get aligned with God right now. This place is driving me crazy. I need to get right aligned with God. <laughs> and you'd spend five minutes, you just begin to praise God. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, you're tapped into eternity, and five minutes can be three hours. That's what it feels like. Don't take three hours now. Go to your boss and said, well, my pastor said. <laughs> Praise. Something shifted in Leah when she no longer looked to another. She no longer had to work and try to find a way to get acceptance. She turned her gaze to God. And God took that child. And I want you to know that Judah is the scepter of God. Judah is the praise of the Lord. And Judah is the tribe in which Christ came from. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The roar of the worship. The one who is perfect in all obedience and praise to the Father and honoring Him in every word, action, and deed. That is our solution to rejection. Praise 
God. We now can praise Him in spirit and in truth because He gave us the Son. And that Son cried, My God, why did you reject us? And that Son attached Himself to us in mediation to meet us in our needs and to give us a heart of praise and an entrance into the throne room of God Himself. And through Leah, we see how to overcome rejection. I want you to know it goes on. (laughs) It goes on. Genesis 30 says that uh, she uh, had three more kids. She, uh, for a time, she was uh, unable to have more children, so she gave her handmaiden to Jacob. Uh, the Lord, this is interesting as well, the Lord saw Rachel. Now, it wasn't Rachel's fault that Laban, their father, tricked Jacob into marrying Leah. I mean, this whole time, you've got Rachel who's heartbroken because she can't have a kid and her ugly sister can all she had was the good looks going for her so how do you think she felt rejected and it says god saw her and opened her womb as well that's our god isn't he awesome he's awesome He's compassionate. He's understanding. You know what? God may bless even the people that rejected you. Is the love of God big enough to help the people who are fighting each other? (laughs) Don't bless them. They hurt me. If God doesn't bless people who hurt, none of us are going to be blessed. We hurt. We hurt others. Others hurt us. We hurt them. Whole mess of hurt going on down here. God overlooks that and pours in blessing to heal the hurt. And it goes on, he says, she had Issachar, which means my reward. Then she had Zebulun, which means a dwelling of honor. Then she had Dinah, a daughter, which God is my judge. Something shifted in Leah where she saw that God is her rewarder, where she saw that God is my dwelling place, God is my home, and God is my judge. I don't have to accept my self-image based on whether anybody else thinks I'm good or not good, qualified or unqualified. I get it from God. God's my judge. God's my Savior. God's my acceptor. And that's what shifted in Leah. And she overcame rejection. And you see it in all the names that she gave to her children. And it says in Ephesians 1.6 that we have been accepted in the Beloved. You are completely accepted, never rejected in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you are appreciating God this morning for that? Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. So, does that mean it won't hurt when I get rejected? Oh, no, it'll still hurt. Just like physical pain. But you know the route to take now, don't you? Where do you go? To God. You begin to praise Him. You begin to know He's your reward. You begin to know that His dwelling is a place of honor. You're honored in His dwelling. And you begin to know He's your judge. You don't have to qualify who you are based on someone else's opinion. But you're accepted in the Beloved. And so when Jesus, I close with this, was preparing His disciples to go and begin ministry, He said, don't take anything with you. Just go. Now, He had already released them. They were going to go cast out demons They were going to lay hands on the sick and they were going to recover and they were going to speak. 
So here he is preparing them for ministry. Doesn't tell them how to do a three-point sermon. Doesn't teach them how to properly public speak. He doesn't say, when you lay hands, don't grab their head and shake them. He doesn't go into any of those issues. Doesn't tell them how to do deliverance. What he does prepare them for is one thing. Guess what it is? Rejection. They will revile you, they will hate you, and say all sorts of things about you. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus prepares these 70 to go out and to minister, he doesn't care how they do it, he doesn't train them in practice of how to be able to do it, he says there's one thing you need to watch out for, rejection. Because that's what cripples the ministry most. It's the number one reason you and I don't evangelize enough. It's the number one reason you and I don't share the love of God. It's the one reason we hold back and think, do you really want me to witness? Come on, what do you mean, do you really want me to witness? He died for them. I need a sign, God. No, you don't. You don't need a sign. You don't need an unction. You don't need anything. Go witness. But what's the reason we don't? Rejection. And I like what he said. (laughs) If anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, what? Shake off the dust from your feet and move on. Move on. Don't let this rejection cripple you. The Spirit of God is in you. You're adopted in the Son. You're accepted in the Beloved. Praise Him and move on. Move on. Shake off the dust. Isaiah said, shake yourself from the dust and arise. Be seated, O Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. You may be rejected. You may have been put aside. You may know that the world doesn't want to hear it. You just shake your feet and say, praise God, my God's accepted me, and I'm moving on to somebody who will receive this message. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Let us bow our heads. Father.